Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Once Upon a Fan podcast. I am your host, Zach Van Norman, and I am joined by my other co-hosts, Amy Hood and Ashley Benson. Hello, women, ladies, queens, fabulous peoples. Hello. I think Amy's still uh, trying to get into the uh, podcast at the moment, but I'm here. Um, now I'm here. Yay! Hi. Yay! Hello. <laughs> Hello, everyone. How are you doing? Uh, well, it is storming like a race is blowing through Orlando right now, but other than that, things are great here. How are you, love? I'm doing well. It's storming like a bitch, as Emma would say, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. Indeed. Any yeah, any chance that I can to quote my princess? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to canoe to work today. It's 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 storming over here too. So. <laughs> Very Coming similar stuff going on here. Actually, um, I'm still in Seattle. For anybody who's you know interested and doesn't know that, I am in Seattle currently. Um. So yeah. Um. It's been kind of interesting weather around here too. Also, just want to let all of our listeners know the chat room is open. It's ready and raring to go. So if you want to go ahead and log in and join us for the conversation, please feel free because we are ready to have you all join us. It's going to be a fabulous time. We have a lot to talk about today. Definitely. Big episode. Yes, very, very, very big. Yes, indeed. Um, so let's get right on into it because there's um there this episode actually generated a lot of discussion amongst the fans. Um, I saw Twitter was very active on Sunday nights, and we also have a lot to get through um, with the news and uh, everything about the Snow Queen and everything else. So let's go right on ahead and dive on in. Yeah. So let's see here. Um, perhaps maybe if. My page will load. That'd be fantastic. Okay, so the first thing that I want to get to is uh, this week, and actually it's it's as of tomorrow, but you know we're a day early. So as of this week, we have been doing the podcast for a year. This is our one year anniversary week, so to speak. Yay! Um, actually, I know you are a, a newer you are newer to the podcast, so I'll uh, just kind of. Yeah, well, I'll start talking about it with, God, I don't know how to do this. I don't want to be like a rude jerk or anything, but okay. So, It's your anniversary. You should be celebrating. Yeah. Um, for those of you who have been listening to the podcast for a long time, maybe even since the beginning, then you'll know that in the beginning, in the beginning. Um, <laughs> once upon a time. Once upon a time. Um, there were four, there was a guy who had an idea for a podcast. No, I'm just joking. So, um, a year ago actually is when we started this whole adventure and Amy was with me on the, she's been with me the entire time. She's yeah, been part of the whole journey. In the beginning we had, um, we had four hosts. We had, you know, rotating members of the once upon a fan staff coming in, joining us for discussions, uh, trying to find our way, trying to get our sea legs under, Amy, I remember our first episode. I was so nervous. Um, Me too. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy, yeah, how, how far we've come in this. And we were still figuring, figuring out a format and, you know, just how we were going to do this, what we were going to talk about. It's been a crazy, crazy ride. I can't believe it's been a year. It doesn't feel like it, really. But, I mean, we did go all the way through season three. So, yeah, it's it's been a year. It's crazy. I can't believe it. 
Wow. I know. Actually, I didn't even realize it until you had posted last night that this week was the one year, and then I was thinking about it, and I just, I can't believe it. Like you said, I was so nervous the first time that I podcasted, and once we started talking, I felt kind of like, you know, we were just sitting around yapping and chatting, which was great because it put my nerves at rest, but I had never, ever called into a podcast. I don't even think I had listened to a podcast at that point. I was like, oh my gosh, but I know you had this amazing idea for a place where, you know, you could create this podcast you have been wanting to put together, and I thought it was such a great idea, and I wanted to be a part of it so bad, and I was so, so, like, happy and really grateful that you asked me to be a part of it, because, I mean, this whole podcast idea, guys, I'm sure you've heard us talk about it before, but this is, like, Zach's baby, and, you know, he, I'm, like, so, so grateful that he invited me to come along on this with him, because we've met so many people and gotten to talk to all the fans, and that's, like, one of the things that we love the most is hearing all those great, crazy theories and seeing all the fan art and getting to play with you every week. So uh, I can't believe it. I don't want to tear up, but, oh, my God, it's been a year. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is, it is one of those things. Like, I mean, we started the podcast not very long before we all actually met each other in person. I don't know if you remember yeah. that or not, but. When we were all in Orlando last year, Chanticon, that was the first time that we all met each other. So it's uh, it's just cra- it's crazy to me. And the funniest thing about that, too, is that last year at Enchanticon, Ashley was in attendance, and we barely got two seconds to talk to her. But she was yeah. in there part in the beginning, too. So, oh, my gosh. Like, it's been such a fun ride. And Ashley's been with it for the long haul, too. So even though you weren't a co-host, you've still been with us the whole time, too. What do you think it about was, the whole podcast that you've been on? Well, I was just going to say, it's weird because you mentioned that because I was thinking about that, too. Somebody recently retweeted a picture from Enchanticon of, of, you know, that was my granny get up and that was the first time. And I was thinking, I was like, God, that is the first time that I met everybody from the site in person. And I wasn't even involved with the site at that time. It was kind of like this brief meeting and then we went our separate ways and then it all kind of came back together. So it's crazy that that was a year ago. It is. I remember seeing you briefly. I remember you stuck out in my head, obviously, because of the granny cosplay, but that was such a busy and fun weekend. As far as the staff, I mean, we, that, you know, we were running like crazy, and so we, we didn't get a lot of chat time with everybody, but that's exactly where I remember seeing you and granny, you know, cosplay the first time. And then I got to see you again, and I know that you've, uh, seen Zach a few times since then you guys were both at comic-con and it's just it's so neat that you're like you're on the staff now and now we get to chat with you because I know you've been in the podcast chat room for a long time making us like fall over and die laughing and try and hold it together while we're talking (laughs) which is fabulous oh I try my best to be inappropriate no (laughs) (laughs) we try our best to rein it in but we we have a difficult time sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's been a crazy ride. It's been a crazy ride. Oh, my gosh. It's so it's so interesting, yeah. All right, so other than that, let's go ahead and move right on into the next bit of news um, because we do have a lot of news topics to go over today. And, Amy, I, uh, I believe that you have some information from us being a local Orlando person about some happenings at uh, the Hollywood Studios there in the Disney parks, hmm? 
Yes, and I can't wait to check it out. I uh, At Disney Hollywood Studios, which is one of the four main parks here in Orlando, they have a new photo pass, photo op, where in the park you stand in front of this background, and the background is the opening scene, the credit scene from, uh, from Once Upon a Time where it's the forest, but there's nothing on it. It's just the forest. So you take your picture in front of it, and when you get home and look it up on the screen, they have digitally added in Elsa and Regina with you. Now, normally these PhotoPass pictures can get expensive, but for a limited time, they're actually offering them to people for free. So if you do it and then go home, you can download it. I actually emailed into them to find out how long the limited time is because I'm dying to get over there and get a couple done. But, um, yeah, that's going on. The, the, as far as it being free, it's limited, but the photo op should be there for a good long while even after it becomes in, uh, paid off. And you could still stand in front of it and have your picture taken. It's just if you want to actually buy one of their prints after you get home, after that free time has expired. But you, know, you can still do pictures and all kinds of stuff. That sounds like a lot of fun. It does. They actually have an OLAF, but that's not a professional one. You download this app and stand in front of another screen, and when you take a picture on your phone, the app puts OLAF in there with you. So we haven't had a chance to try that either. So I'm anxious to go and try that one out too. I'm such a dork. <laughs> no, that sounds cool. I think, and it I think it's fun. great exposure for the show. Too, because like folks will see me like, what's this? What's this going on here? And then they'll they'll do it, and they'll be like, oh, okay, like you know, once upon a time, let's 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 get sucked into the madness. Since it's Halloween time, I actually am tempted to bring like a Halloween skull and a couple of bones with me for when I do the Olaf photo op, so that I can look like I'm handing them to him. Because you know, my favorite Olaf line is, I don't have a skull or any bones. So I figure since it's Halloween, no one will look at me funny if I walk in the park with a skull and some bones. If you do it, you need to post the picture on Twitter, I think. Oh, I, I will. I think that needs to be a thing. I think Agreed. you guys need to come down and take the picture, too. I should. I should. Well, yeah, I'll just, um, I'll just, somebody, anybody got a bean? Magic bean? Portal, <laughs> anyway. Pegasus. Um, Mermaid. Mermaid, rabbit, dark curse, not so dark curse, good curse, looking glass, yeah. looking glass, shoes, uh, shoes, silver slippers, oh, many things, so many things, yeah. All right, so everyone, if you are in the or, or if you're in the Orlando area and you happen to be going to Disney's Hollywood Studios, and please, please, please send us pictures of you with the Olaf and the Once Upon a Time picture opportunity. We would love to see them. Of course, you can get our Twitter as at O-U-A-F as in fan podcast. We would love to see them. Um, so please go ahead and send those along. We would love to see them, as I said. Um, and then uh, let's see, moving on to the next bit of news here. Um, I do believe that Ashley has a little bit of news for us as far as uh, what the ratings are like for the show. Sure thing. Uh, the ratings for this Sunday's for the show were down a bit, um, but the important thing to note is that apparently, see, I don't do the sports thing so much, but apparently this was a huge Sunday for the foosball, 
Um, so that was something <laughs> to, to contend with. And I was looking at the numbers. And Once Upon a Time is still the number one uh, scripted show on that Sunday. So, I mean, that's something to consider as well, that even if our ratings are a touchdown, we're still number one. So that's I think that's great. Um, and also this, uh, this Sunday was, um, there's something with zombies going on this Sunday too. Anybody know about that? Uh, ah, yeah. The Walking Dead premiere was Sunday too, so we, there was a bit of competition with that. And the fact that we still maintain some pretty great numbers, I think, um, is fantastic, especially when things like DVR haven't been factored in yet. So, uh-huh. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. The Walking Dead. I don't really do. I don't really. Zombies are not 100% my thing. I do enjoy Shaun of the Dead. I do enjoy George A. Romero's movies. Um, okay. I prefer I prefer slow, lumbering zombies as opposed to running after you crazy kind of zombies. But uh, then again, I do like um, the remake of Dawn of the Dead with uh, Sarah Pauly and um, Ty, what's his name, Ty Murphy. He plays Phil Dunphy on Modern Family. Um, he's in he's it in too. It? Yeah, so is um, Ving Rhames and, uh, God, the other, that one dude who's in all that stuff with the people, you know, that you watch. Oh, I'm so descriptive. Oh, yeah, him, him. Somebody get me a Pulitzer. I'm so descriptive. Where's my Pulitzer, everyone? Um, there's that. Um, let's see. So then after, oh, I can't, okay, so then, okay, so, okay, yeah, okay. So the next thing that we have on our news bulletin, I am quite excited about because, um, Once Upon a Time has put out the press release for next week's episode. I'm very intrigued yeah. by it because among the listed actors who are being credited, we have Brad Dorif. Oh, spoiler alert, by the way. Okay, five-second spoiler alert. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you've probably seen it already, so it's not going to be a big shock to you. But just the same, there was your spoiler alert. Brad Dorif is going to be back. And uh, if anybody who's familiar with him knows that not only is he the voice of Chucky in the Child's Play series, but he also plays Zuso, the dark one from whom Rumpel took the dark powers in the season one, episode eight, titled Desperate Souls. So I am extremely curious as to find out what exactly he's doing back. Is it going to be a kind of flashback thing? Is he alive and well somewhere? Like, is he proving that there's life after Dark One death? Um, I'm interested to see. I can't wait. I love the man. He was also Worm Tongue in uh, Lord of the Rings. And he was in, he's been in so many things, really. It's impossible to name them all off quickly. But, yeah, very excited for Brad Dorif to be back. And also, in a very interesting point, um, just want to point this out to everyone, that uh, the actor Timothy Weber is being credited as the uh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Hmm. You know, so I'm just saying. And if you happen to look up pictures of this man, which of course we have done, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. he, doesn't, he doesn't look like an apprentice so much as a sorcerer himself. He's got a very uh, Dumbledore thing, Gandalf thing going on. Granted, his beard is a little bit shorter than those two characters, but he does have a very sorcerer-type vibe to him. And uh, considering the whole thing with the sorcerer's hat and the author of the book and the fact that it's probably against it, as I stated in my theory written over a year ago, <clears throat> um, <laughs> I'm guessing that the two things are uh, pretty much related. 
And I would love to know how my co-hosts feel about these two uh, casting events. I've been waiting for more dark ones, Sotho history, for a while. And I know we've talked about it a few times. You know, where did he come from? How did he get it? So I hope we get into some of that this coming episode and that we get to see some of where he came from and that Santa Apprentice Man is a... I don't know. I hope he kind of ties in the whole sorcerer's apprentice or I don't know. He just, I agree with you. He doesn't look like a, an apprentice to me. He's he's a little long in the tooth to be an apprentice, I think. Long in the beard. Uh, yeah, he's a little short in the beard, but yeah. As, as epic beards go. Um, I'm interested. And I think I said this to somebody the other day. Now, Somebody had mentioned, well, yeah, he looks really old to be apprentice. But my thoughts on that are, well, if what if you, you know, what if he was stuck being an apprentice so long because whomever he was working under didn't want to relinquish that power? So we could see an interesting dynamic between this apprentice um, being stuck as a second banana for so long and whomever he is working under, whether that is. Uh, uh, Zozo or Rumple or anybody. I mean, we really, we all have our theories, but we really don't know what 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 this guy's deal is. Not at all, and I can't wait to see what his deal is going to be. Ha <laughs> ha! Perhaps he'll have a deal with Rumple. <laughs> Zing! <laughs> yes, I just cracked myself up. Okay. Um. Good God, I'm such a dork. Okay, so after. <laughs> <laughs> the next news bulletin that we have is, um, oh, we have a contest. Once Upon a Fan has a new contest, and Amy has that information for us. Yes, oh, this is so fun. Now, you don't have to be super artistic to participate in this one, which I'm excited about because I can barely draw a stick figure. But this is for Halloween themed, and all the entries are due by October 28th. And you can email your pictures to artwork at onceuponafans.com. But basically what it is is there's two categories, either a carved pumpkin or a decorated pumpkin. If you don't want to cut it, you want to paint it or put things on it. And we want to see some Once Upon a Time themed pumpkins. And I think that that could be fantastic because so much you can do with it. It can be a face. It could be a scene. It can be anything that you want to make it into and then send us the pictures, and we have tons of goodies to give away. Um, Tourism Richmond has sent us lots of T-shirts to, to give away. Um, you know, that's where Storybrook is set. They filmed that in Steveson, which is in, uh, part of the sponsored part of Tourism Richmond. So there's all kinds of little things that they're going to be give, given away by the website, and I cannot wait to see the pictures that everybody comes up with. Yes. Pumpkins. I'm really Pumpkin. excited because there's so many scary, creepy things going on with the show. Like you could really go hog wild with this. You could do like race pumpkins or flying monkey pumpkins. Um, you could make a rumple pump skin, maybe. Um, <laughs> now I'm cracking myself up. I'm just really like. The, oh wait, 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 wait. So, so are you saying? Are you saying that somebody could submit a pumpkin still skin? Ha, ha, ha. A pump still skin. <laughs> we need a pumple still skin. <laughs> oh, God. A rumple pumpkin. 
spray painting a pumpkin yeah. gold, like, all right, rumple, rumple, pumpkin. <laughs> there you go. Yes. I want to see a Maleficent one. Or somebody just go and paint your pumpkin red and be like, hey, it's an apple. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that would be <laughs> perfect, too. My only thing with that is that if you make an apple pumpkin, you have to carve out a bite. You have yes. to carve out a bite. I mean, you don't Perhaps have to. It's a, it's a recommendation from your you know friendly neighborhood Zachy man. But you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> carve a bite. I'm just saying it's it would just be super fun. So yeah, again, I'm gonna restate the email for everybody. It's artwork at once upon a fans with an s on the end dot com. And uh, your submissions are due by October 28th, and then we'll announce the winners very shortly thereafter. And you can get all your prizes and sun and all things hot. Oh, whoops, sorry. I'm sorry. Wrong movie. Okay. So, well, it kind of. So um, after the pumpkin decorating contest, we also got a new episode title. Mm, and I believe that Ashley has the name of that one for us. Yes. And I, I kind of don't know what to make of it. Um, the uh, title for episode nine is Fall, and that's it. Now, for I mean, obviously, with the time of year we're having, like the the season immediately comes to mind. But all also, I mean, could this be someone's fall? Could this be someone's fall to power? I just there's so much potential with that title it tells us nothing and infuriates me but also intrigues me and i <laughs> shake my fist at adam's twitter because of it um so i don't know what do you guys think like well who who do you think it could be referring to or where do you think this is going oh i i have a theory but amy i'll i'll uh mine mine's i'm going to talk for a second about it so amy if you want to go first go ahead because i'm going to be a second <laughs> Uh, I just, I have no idea. I do think that it's going to be pertaining to someone's fall. I don't think it has to do with, like, the season or whatever. But it's also really close to hiatus time. I mean, it's just a couple episodes before the hiatus. So I I think it's going to be, it's it's probably going to turn out to be a big episode. So I'm thinking it's going to be a major either have to do with a major character or a major character's arc so that, because that's usually about the time we really start ramping up what's going on in the episode. I forgot about the hiatus. Ooh, that. Bad hiatus. Okay. Bad. <laughs> Bad. Yeah, so, okay, here's my theory, folks. Everybody ready for this? Okay. I think it refers to a number of things. Number one, as they kept telling us in all the promos, in Storybrooke this year, winter has come early because, of course, the Snow Queen and Elsa and Frozen and everything. So I think that this may be referring to perhaps the thaw of the uh, early winter and the fact that, you know, the season fall is coming. I do think it might be a reference to that. I also think that it could be a reference to the promised fall of Rumpelstiltskin from the grace of his wife's eyes, because as we all know, he has been lying to Belle about the dagger, and I think that this may be the episode where she finds that out. Ooh. I'm also curious, because all has many implications, and I'm wondering if this is the episode where perhaps Emma and our dear Captain Hook will declare some love for each other, because they will have fallen in love with each other. Aww. 
I think that there are a fair number of things that this episode title could be referring to, and I think that those are some of them. Um, I'm also wondering if it's going to be um, perhaps, like, depending on what they do with Regina at this point, it could be her fall from grace as well. I'm not really sure on that one, but it's a possibility. Mm. Um, it, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of possibilities, but those are the those are the three, the first three that I named, those are the ones that I think that it actually is. Um, I think that it could refer to those two things. I'm not quite sure about the whole Emma and Hook one because I uh, I um, I don't know if I want them to be in love so quickly. I kind of almost want it to be more of a, a season-long storyline because um, despite what you may think out there in listener land, um, we actually do quite enjoy – Captain Swole, I'll speak for myself. I rather enjoy Captain Swan now. I think it makes much more sense than when they were first trying to put them together. They've grown on me. Um, I see their pairing as more of a natural thing now. I will forever fly my Swanfire flag until the end of time. Um, don't get me wrong. But since the whole you know thing of soulmates and true love, and can you have a second chance at love after you've loved somebody already, seems to be a topic for this season. I do think that, you know, I think that Captain Swan, you know, I, I ship him a little bit. I may I may ship them a little bit oh. now. Like a, a oh. Little bit. <laughs> I agree with you, though. I, I wasn't, I don't want to say I wasn't on board, but I didn't see it as clearly when it was first being presented as I do now. And I feel uh-huh. like the characters kind of slowed down a bit. Um, it, it was the end of season three where I was like, all right, this is, this is, this is a thing. All right. Okay. Thumbs up. Cool. You know? Yeah. I could, I could get behind yeah. it when we did the future. And now that they've, you know, kind of grown past that. Yeah. I, I like where it's going. I, I can ship it. I can dig it. Yeah. I, I agree. My, I too, what, you know, love Swamp Fire and I'll always fly the Swamp Fire flag. I feel like, where Captain Swan is now is much more feasible as far as a, a real actual connection for them. Like, I feel like at first to me it felt like, and I love Hook. I've been, you know, a hooker since the beginning. I've always talked about how I ship Hook with myself. So that's why I'll ship oh, anybody else. Good she's, she's, <laughs> yeah, oh, he's a hottie. Lord. But anyway, I was just going to say that he, I feel like, <laughs> instead of just being thrown together, we really are starting to see some genuine, you know, not, oh, we have to do this, we have to save this person. We're really starting to see some connection moments with them. And to me, that more real part of their relationship is what has made the Captain Swan, uh, made it feel more realistic and a little better for me. So I definitely like it more now. I love the pacing that they're going at with it. Yeah, I agree. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. So, yeah, I enjoy I do enjoy Captain Swong. I'm just saying. So, um we also have um we have a deleted scene that we need to discuss. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Amy, I want you to bring to us, Amy, bring to us the facts, my darling. The facts. Well, the deleted scenes, and in case you guys haven't been aware, the way what's been happening, at least so far, is when 
There's a deleted scene from a Sunday night episode. Usually Monday morning, Good Morning America has it. So I'm kind of hoping that this is going to be the way it keeps up. So like we talked about last week, we're not having to wait until the end of the season to get these little tidbits that are a really good part of the story. Well, the one for this week happened, I'm assuming after they that Elsa and Hook had gone to Rumple because they all go to that barn where Elsa came out of the urn and she blew it up when she came out, but Rumple used the fake dagger, the one that Belle has, and he picked up some of the dust that was on the ground, put it into a bottle, and when he shook the bottle, it turned gold. And what he told the group was, even though Elsa had destroyed the urn, that the magic was not totally destroyed. It was still there, and it's in a weaker form, but it could definitely still be used to temporarily hold bound someone who is magic. So I definitely feel like that's going to come into play later down the road. But um, they just ended up getting cut. But I'm really glad that they played it for us because I feel like that is definitely something we're going to see again. Agreed. I thought that scene was very interesting. It's a little bit redundant as far as uh, the facts that we are presented throughout the episode, but you know I, I can see why they. Come here. But, yeah, and we'll and we'll get to that more as we talk about uh, the episode here. So, with that being said, I am ready. To, I am so ready to get into this episode discussion. Let me tell you, there was um, my overall impression. I rather enjoyed this episode. I am loving Elizabeth Mitchell. Um, I want more screen time for her, please. I'm sure that we'll get it later on in the season, but. Um, more, more Elizabeth Mitchell, please. Liz, we love you. <laughs> I think that she, her performance, and I, you know, actually, I'll wait, I'll wait to talk about her performance. Like, there, there are some specific things that I want to discuss, and we'll we'll get to that as we get further into the episode discussion. But overall, I really like this episode. Um, lots of interesting reveals, particularly at the end. And I'm just uh-huh. gonna put a little warning out there for all of you now. If you are not in the chat room. I have a Snow Queen theory, and it will be coming at the end of this episode, and it is rather detailed, so uh, just bear with me. I've got some good stuff that I'm basing it on here, so just saying. Um, uh, Amy, what was your overall impression of the episode? Oh, my gosh. I loved this episode. It had Regina. It had Shifty up to something rumple. There's a mystery that we don't know yet. The whole Snow Queen thing, it really has that season one feel where everybody was trying to figure everything out. Oh, my God. And and there was ice cream. So this episode was fabulous in my book. And I love Elizabeth Mitchell, too. Oh, my God. Can we have all of the Elizabeth Mitchell? Ashley, what about you, babe? Oh, I definitely agree that the the um the entire time I'm watching the episode, I, I all right, confession time. I make noises at my screen when I'm watching one, so it's usually like ooh or what or cursing. <laughs> I, the I agree that this this episode has season one feel because towards the end, I want to say the last fourth of it, I just remember I felt so off guard because I. I couldn't connect the dots as easily as I thought I, I, I usually could. Like, I, I have more uh-huh. questions than answers, and I love that because 
Well, like you said, when we were watching season one and we were like, okay, but what's what's their agenda or what's going on with them or who who is this person? Who is this hog? (laughs) Having that feeling back again. He's in this episode. We had to say it at least once. Come on. We're going to say it more times. I know that. But having that feeling back, and I mean, I'm getting excited just talking about it because I, I, there's, there's one, there's a big, it's not so much fighting the big bad that's like looming over us. I mean, yes, we have the Snow Queen to contend with, but there's more of a mystery around her as opposed to this like apocalypse end of the world, like thing that's happening. There's, there's, as far as we know, there's no curse, no smoke looming in the distance that's, you know, going to take us out in like 0.2 seconds. But there's mm. something going on shifty in Storybrooke, and we've got to tease it out to find it. And I, I, I want more. Like I'm like, is it Sunday yet? I'm asking myself, is it Sunday yet again? And that's to me a sign of a good episode. That's that's it's keeping me on my toes. I like yeah. that. Okay. <clears throat> so many mysteries. Uh, one one could call this episode. A mystery machine, if you will. Who? Yeah. Okay. So, just on a quick note, have either one of you seen the video of the cat and the person is like offering them a treat and they're like, "Do you want a treat?" And the cat's like, "Yeah." Have you guys seen that? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay. I'll, I'll have to share it because it is really one of the funniest videos that I've ever seen. Oh my gosh. I do love a good cat video. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like, this cat's like, yas. And it's obviously not, I mean, yas? let me clarify. It's not really the cat. But it's the person being like, yas. Do you want a treat? Yas. <laughs> do you want one? <laughs> yas. Isn't that it's what, uh, really what your face says? Uh, Lady Gaga's a yas. Isn't that a thing? Yas. Or am yeah, I it's too like much a of an old now. lady? Okay. It's like a thing <laughs> in my life now. I, I don't know if you're too much of an old lady or not, but, yeah. Well, I, um, I started saying it ironically, and now it's just a habit. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll, put, I'll make sure that I post it on the uh, on the Facebook page for everybody to see because it really is, it's it's hilarious. I absolutely love it. Okay, so let's get into the episode discussion. I'm ready to do this. All right, so the episode starts out with the hoods. Ha ha, Amy. Um, the hoods are. They're walking down the street and they're discussing Storybrooke and, you know, all the cool things that are there, like ice cream. And Roland wants some ice cream. And he says, please, Mom, Regina, let me, to Mary and not wanting to lose face in front of her kids. So, of course, she agrees that they're going to go get some ice cream. I mean, right there, right away, like ice ice in the heart, if you will, for Marion. Uh-huh. So then they decide. They're going to go into any given Sunday, which is, of course, Storybrooke's ice cream parlor. And that is where the Snow Queen offers Marion a free treat. And she says, trust me, there is no problem that can't be solved with a bit of ice cream. Now, this woman may be a villain, but on that point, she is 10,000% correct. She is. is no problem. No, she's still a villain because of all the flavors that the of ice cream she had, she gave Marion vanilla. Well, like, like, come on, that's on a bit it. evil. I mean, that's, if you're going to get your heart frozen, ice cream is the way to do it, I got to say. Well, you know, I think that, you know, and mm, mm, I can't, mm, 
I can't really speak to I think I know why she gave I think I know what she's what she's doing. I think I know what she's up to with this. But I will just say that, you know, Regina did say that Marion was very vanilla and then she ended up getting yeah. vanilla ice cream for her curse. That is so so funny. I love that. Yeah, I mean I'm just saying. So um but yeah, I I do I do think that I know what the Snow Queen is doing. I think I know why she chose Marion specifically. I'll get to that at the end of the episode, but I think I know why she did it. So the Snow Queen curses the scoop of ice cream, and she gives it to Marion, and she says, seeing a happy family like yours in here really warms my heart. Hmm. I bet it does. Hmm. Um, So so she gives her, you know, and the thing is, though, that there is – she has a really sad look on her face as they leave the the ice cream shop. And I don't know how many people picked up on that, but I know I certainly did. She really has like, this I look did. of Did you? Okay, good. Because she has this this look of I don't know, remorse, longing, um regret almost, uh sadness, like so many emotions you could attribute to that look on her face, and I really think and that honestly that look on her face is part of my theory on who she is and why she's there and what she's doing. So, um, like I said, we'll get to that at the end of the episode, but it's it's relevant to what we're going to talk about later on, guys. So, meanwhile, at Gold's shop, Mr. Gold is denying that he's ever seen Elsa before, and Emma says, so how did she end up inside your urn, inside your secret vault of terror? Okay. Can somebody please out there, if you're a Once Upon a Time fan and you're doing, like, a haunted house, like if you're having people walk through your house or if you're going to one, can you please make a sign that says, now entering secret vault of terror, please, and send us a picture? <laughs> it would just tickle me. I mean, you don't have to, but, you know, it would just tickle me. Um, I would love it. Um, that line cracked me up. Um, meanwhile, Elsa cannot remember what happened because something has happened to her memories, and Mr. Gold says, an all-too-common affliction in these parts. No well, doubt. he would know. Uh, <laughs> considering he made the curse that erased everybody's memories in the first place, you jerk. Okay, so um, uh, Belle, oh, and then, okay, also, too, Emma mentions her superpower, which is, like, the first time we've heard about it in a hot minute or a cold minute. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and I, I think that there is implications for that. I, I don't think that that's just some random throwaway line. I don't think that they brought that up out of the blue. You know, it may have been done to kind of introduce new viewers who are watching because of Frozen, maybe, that, you know, Emma has a superpower of being able to tell when somebody is lying. It doesn't always work to the best of its ability. But I think that there is something else to come from that. I really do. Um, I think that that might be a little bit of foreshadowing. Um, thoughts on that? I think hmm. it could be because we haven't heard – superpower hasn't really been all that reliable, but they they still keep bringing it up. You would think that if it had nothing to do with anything, that they would kind of try and get away from it because of the fact that it has not been reliable in the past. But the fact that they're still kind of bringing it in tells me that it probably does end up being tied to something or we're going to hear more about it or see more about it. I think it's interesting to note that um, <clears throat> I think what 
it's been established that Emma's superpower um, fails her when she's emotional. So I wonder if we're going to be privy to some scenes in the future where Emma has to confront somebody who she finds she has an emotional connection to and try to figure out if they're being truthful or not. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I can't say very much on that right now because I uh, haven't got to my... Oh, poor Zach. <laughs> but I think that you're right on. Right on, sister. Um, sisters. Yeah, I think that... Um, I think you have a point with that. She is going to have to use her, her superpower to figure out whether somebody that she loves and is close to her is lying or not. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, meanwhile, um, Belle, in a scene that was actually really, really creepy, really creepy, Belle uses uh, the dagger to command Rumpel to tell the truth. And he says that he knows nothing of Elsa or her sister. Okay, fake dagger or not, watching Belle having to command Rumple at all is it's just creepathon. It's creep I don't like it. It's just weird. It's awkward. Well, she it's looks weird. So, she looks so uncomfortable like with it too. Like you could, well first she was like, No, no, Rumple or however her accent is, I can't do it. But then you know, she had it and you could just tell she was like cringe like, I don't wanna do this either, so ugh. Yeah. It's. It seemed to me like she felt using the dagger is kind of treating him like a her pet dog instead of her husband. So she was mm. obviously and the character was obviously uncomfortable. I don't know. I I agree. It was a creepy scene. I was like, uh, that's kind of could somebody else hold it and use it? <laughs> I mean, Emma, come on! Don't make the woman treat her husband like a puppy. Well, if anyone's gonna hold the dagger. And use it on him. It it should be his wife. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we're talking about the actual dagger, folks. Calm your mind. Yeah, we're talking about her, but I'm just I'm just saying. Like I'm just saying. Okay. So Not yeah, the other one. They keep it home. I have nothing to say on that. Moving on. Um, <laughs> mean. Oh my God. Meanwhile, back in Arendelle. Elsa and Kristoff are discussing Anna and the lack of information or communication regarding her whereabouts. Just want to make a quick note for all you cosplayers out there that Elsa's hair is set to the coronation style with the lovely little bangs in the front instead of having, you know, her hair back in the braid like she normally does. So it's like a combination of the two looks. So... There you go. If you're a cosplayer, you have a new look to go with now, because I know that Anna and Elsa are everywhere when it comes to cosplay, so there it is. Kristoff uh-huh. um, tries to stop her from searching for Anna, and she says, well, you can't. I'm the queen. I love how she is like constantly, like I don't know if she's trying to tell him that she's the queen or if she's trying to reassure herself that, in fact, you know, she is the queen. Huh. You know what that reminded me of, too? Like, whenever she tries to pull the queen card, it reminds me, and I don't know if I mentioned this before, of the Red Queen from Wonderland, how she was putting on that the act of, like, well, well, I'm the queen, so queen. Right. And I kind of get that vibe from uh, uh, in these scenes with Elsa when she's like, well, you know, I'm the queen, and then her real personality does seep through. I think it's a bit mm-hmm. interesting. I agree, and I miss. Anastasia. Let me just throw that out there. 
the Red Queen. We've got the red. We've got the red queen. Then she was the white queen. Now we've got the ice queen. Then we've got the snow queen. Then we've got yeah, so many. So, Regina, so many, so many, so many queens and nobody in dragon fight. What is up with that? Okay. <laughs> Next season on What's Up on a Time. <laughs> there. Um, oh, good God. Okay, so then Kristoff um, tells her that she has to stay because she is the queen. And Kristoff says that she's a big softy, as in soft serve ice cream, everyone. Did we get that? Yummy. Okay. Oh, jeez. And I just want to say, when he says that to her, when he calls her a big softy, um, Emma gives, or Emma, God, Elsa gives him a look. And honestly, I just want to give props to Georgina Haig for just a second, because she has this look on her face, and she does this kind of a squint. And I have seen Frozen enough to tell you that she has perfectly captured Elsa's, like, facial movements. Like, it's a small thing. It's really quick. If you're not looking for it, you probably don't even know it. I'm obsessive about things, so I was, and I did. And I'm just going to say that she, she's got it down pat. Georgina Haig really has nailed her performance of of Elsa. It's it's really quite impressive, as a matter of fact. It's just my humble opinion, but, Definitely. yeah, I, I just love it. Um, so she asks why his compliments are always so aggravating, and he tells her that she'll warm up to him eventually. I'm loving all of the heat-cold puns <laughs> in this uh, storyline here. So then yeah. a soldier brings word of an army in the southern mountains, and it's being led by Hans. Who is this Hans? <laughs> Who is this Hans? Hans? <laughs> okay, I see we're all on top of it. I love it. Um, so Kristoff <laughs> wants to go scouting, but Elsa tells him that he needs to let her handle it since, you know, she's the queen. Okay, like, chill out. And then it's an interesting yeah. transition. Right after that, it transitions over to Snow White having her first fireside chat in the mayor's office. Oh, sweet summer child, that meeting. Oh, oh that oh that meeting. Yes, let let us discuss. Because um and I just want to point out too, Snow at first when Charming comes over and he says that she's like, you know, juggling a lot, Snow says that she has a lot more appreciation for their court jester now that she's, you know, so multitasking and Charming says Rupert was special. So apparently, for those of you who are following along on the timeline or, you know, your Once Upon a Time universe of characters, the Charmings had a court jester named Rupert. Add him to the list. Um, <laughs> Leroy, of course, gets grumpy and brings up the ice wall immediately. Well, actually, Archie brings up the ice wall, and then Leroy freaks out about it. Um, everybody starts freaking out about the ice wall, which I don't understand because you people have never been able to leave town anyway. Like, what is where were you going to go? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get that. I thought I just was like, really? And then, and then for the way they react later on, I was just like, okay, we've already seen this happen, but it's still kind of surprising considering these people. But anyway, um, as they're t- discussing the wall and the fact that it now encompasses the entire town and, you know, they're kind of stuck there again, like always, um, Marianne suddenly gets a gray streak in her hair. She falls to the floor. Oh my God! Cue the dramatic music. Da, da, da. Cue the commercial break. Dum, da, dum. <laughs> well, yeah. So then, um, after that, Regina. Oh boy, I don't know how to do the juggling back and forth anymore because I don't know when it they jumps used. around quite a bit. 
Yeah, it did. Um, and there was a lot more time spent in Storybrooke at the beginning than there was at the end, too. So um, Henry is at Granny's, and he is having himself some, uh, you know, some cocoa with cinnamon. And Regina shows up, and she's got some comic books for him of the Thor and S.H.I.E.L.D. variety. Yeah. Because of course, you know, like you do. Totally nerd. Um, I just it. want to point out, too, that Regina's hair is in a ponytail. She's got, like, a T-shirt and a vest on. She's not wearing one of her, you know, sensible pantsuits or one of her skirt suits or, you know, like, a lot of kerfluffle with her clothes. She's wearing a very simple look. She's got her hair back. And I just want to point out that in this instance, her hair, her costume, you know, it reflects a more relaxed stance from Regina. She's no longer in a position of authority. She's no longer in a position of responsibility for being, you know, in control of the entire town. She's not Regina Mills, the mayor. She's just Regina. And, you know, the hair, the clothing, it reflects that, you know, because think about this, folks. Regina has never worn her hair in a ponytail in Storybrooke before, ever. This is her first time. She has worn her hair in a ponytail in the Enchanted Forest, as we all know. Um, she will destroy your happiness if it's the last thing you do, that scene, for example. <laughs> but she has never worn her hair in a ponytail before, so it's just this is an instance of them using, you know, the hair and the clothing to kind of reflect the change in her character stance. And, you know, most people, I'm sure, may have picked up on it, but just in case you didn't, that's why we're here to point these things out for you. So you um, talked about how... The uh, the comic books are just ink and paper, but everything in Henry Storybrooke is meal is meal is real. And she says makes you yeah well it's probably a meal in there too. She says makes you wonder who wrote it, doesn't it? Now Henry knows that she's up to something because it's clear. So she tells him that she was written as a villain, and she wants to find the author and make them or ask them, ask them. to <laughs> to write her a happy ending. And Henry agrees to help, and he says that it's going to be called Operation Mongoose. Um, she she suggested the name Mongoose, and he was like, "Yeah." Oh, that's so. right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I I just want to point out too because I find it interesting. The first thing it was Cobra, and now it's it's you know Mongoose. Um, I don't know where they're getting the names for these missions. Like, I don't know where she got Mongoose from. But well, Mongoose uh, is Cobra's. So I think that was kind of a Regina jab at Emma because a mongoose is one of the uh, one of the cobras' natural enemies. They they uh, eat cobras. Well, also so I, too though, um, with it calling it mongoose, yes, mongooses, mongoose, 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 those creatures do eat cobras, but I think it's also a bit symbolic as since Operation Cobra was all about exposing the evil queen and getting the happy endings back, whereas Operation Mongoose is kind of ending that, well, the evil queen must be taken down stance. Hmm. So I think that's also an interesting use of words there. Well, I also just want to point out, too, that... um, there is a mongoose that people may know. His name is Ricky Ticky Tavi. Mm-hmm. Um, he is in a short story of the same title in the Jungle Book by Rudyard Kipling. I and didn't he even actually, get the Rudyard Kipling connection until right now. Oh my god! 
And the, and it's according to uh, Wikipedia, it says that the young mongoose saves his family from a crate and two cobras. And you know, Operation Cobra, mongoose. Are we? Are you all picking mm-hmm. up what I'm putting down? Mm-hmm. So. Um, so she, you know, they agree that you know they're gonna go find out who the author is, and you know, gets <laughs> it. And um, you know, that's when Robin Hood. And he asks for Regina's help with Marion because something dreadful has happened to her, right? Okay, cool. So, meanwhile, um, and if I don't get it exactly perfectly as far as when they jump back and forth, everybody forgive me, but I'm just going to go back and forth between the storylines. So, Kristoff and Sven, back in the Arendelle of the past, are in the woods, and they're scouting for Hans, and they find the army, including Hans' 12 brothers, and Hans has a drawing of the urn. Okay, cool. And then Kristoff goes back to the castle, and he tells Elsa about the urn, which can trap magical beings. Okay. I just want to make a quick quick note about this. It has not been established in the show yet. However, Robert Carlyle recently gave a couple of interviews, or short little 30-second interviews, and in one of them he revealed that the hat, the sorcerer's hat from the premiere, is basically like computer of magic because not only does it um kind of it sucks out the magic from whoever puts it on but it also sucks that person into the hat itself so the reason why it's so magical is because it has all these people and all this magic within it not unlike the purple urn okay so the hat and the urn right there have something in common so just want to point that out because it may come into play Mm -hmm. later on okay so Meanwhile, back in Storybrooke, Regina and Robin Hood go into the mayor's office. And in what was my funniest, like, one of the best exchanges ever between Snow White and Regina, Regina sees a painting of bluebirds on the wall. And Regina (laughs) says, whose idea was that? And Snow says, oh, well, I just thought I would put my own personal touch in the office. And Regina says, well, you succeeded. Hideously. <laughs> love this. Of free, the free of that. I'm sorry, my darling superstar whom I love. It was, oh, my God, I was laughing. I, I'm still <laughs> laughing about it, about it hideously. Um, it was probably one, it was my, one of my two favorite lines of the entire evening was, was that one right there. Um, the other one occurs more towards the end of the episode. We'll get to that later. But I I thought that that exchange was hilarious because, honestly, it's it's kind of a hideous painting a little bit. Uh, it took out like bit. a sore I, thumb. It really it, did. It, 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 that room is black and white, you know, very easy to see what colors are in that room, and now we've got blue and blue yellow, birds. and we've got bluebirds. And like, really? Okay, like, I'm kind of with Regina. Like, it does not go. It does not. It's just, it's just, no. it doesn't. So, um... So Regina says that there's really strong magic on Mary to try and slow it down. Emma, Elsa, and Hook arrive, and Regina accuses Elsa of the spell. Elsa denies it, and she says that the only way to stop a freezing spell is an act of true love. So Regina realizes that it's true love's kiss, and of course she's beside herself because who wants to watch her sort of ex-boyfriend kisses now return from the dead wife right in front of you? Um yeah. You can't write the once of our lives, I'm telling you. So then um, Robin Hood marrying, but of course it doesn't work. 
and he wonders why. Uh-huh. And David mentions Frederick, and Emma says, "Who the hell is Frederick?" And Henry's like, "Long story." I appreciate I that. Show. I appreciate that so much that they went all the way back to season one and mentioned something relevant and brought it back. I agree. Me too. Because poor Frederick and uh, Catherine are now, you know, we've mentioned the land without cameras where they've been relegated to. They're probably happy they are not in the epicenter of drama. They're probably, they probably look out their window and like, oh, there's Leroy with his tortured pitchfork. Somebody new must be in town. Better bolt the doors. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Because he just can't go throughout his day when there's somebody new in town without stirring an angry mob. So um, Emma intends to find out who, you know, cursed Marion. And Regina suggests, you know, that she bring back up. And Emma's like, what are you talking about? And she says, well, between the snow monster and the cave-in, it seems the savior needs a little saving these days. And Emma's like, I think you're bitter and taking it out on the wrong person. No, I think that she's bitter at you, Emma, and she's taking it out on you accordingly. Like, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, meanwhile, Hook wants to go with Emma, but Emma tells him, nope, you've got to protect Elsa. Just chill out here while I go do my thing. All right, cool. Meanwhile, at some we point see... point in this scene, Elsa manages to Marion's weave, and we don't see that, but it has to have happened in the scene somewhere, so... I, I I can't I can't I can't even I don't even know what to say about that. Um, so then, yeah, later on we see Leroy and Granny leading an angry mob to go find Elsa. You know, like you do, and you know they're and as they as they walk away, Leroy's like, "Who else can turn people into popsicles?" And of course, they walk right past the Snow Queen outside of any given Sunday when they do that. So you know, it's you know that's well, there's there's your answer, sir. Um, right there. Yeah, it's it's Thank that you. one right there. The woman at the ice cream parlor. She might be able to do it. She may even sell popsicles. So meanwhile, um, back in Arendelle, Chris, of the past, Kristoff and Elsa are walking and talking about, and they're talking about the rock trolls, and she's telling him that he must have felt very alone because they're not human beings, and he said that he never felt alone because they're his family. So even though they're two different totally, you know, two totally different species, there we go, I can speak. He never felt alone because he considers them family. Now, this this is important, folks. This this will come up later on. So they get to a cliff, and Elsa offers to make either a she, – she asks him if he wants a slide or a spiral staircase. And Kristoff instead elects to throw a rope. Honestly, I was kind of let down that they didn't let her create a slide or a frozen staircase. I would have loved to have seen that. I wanted a slide. I was like, ooh. But then, yeah, I, I would have picked the slide if it were me. Yep. It's true. <laughs> Christoph, you're such a buzzkill. <laughs> Whatever. So then they're in the cave and they find the urn, and the urn has runes on it. Elsa's like, what do you think it says? And Christoph's like, dangerous urn, keep away. <laughs> I, I'm loving totally- Christoph's fast throughout this episode. I, I just, everything that was coming out of his mouth, even the poignant things about family, like he still had a great edge to it. And he definitely helped lighten some of the heavier conversations. But yes, I love that line where he's like, no, but you really shouldn't be playing with that. It's probably bad juju. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was hilarious. Um, meanwhile, in Arendelle, Hook and El, or in Arendelle, 
in Storybrooke. Lord. Oh, so many places we go to on this show. So Hook and Elsa are making their way through town, and she's, you know, he's supposed to take her to the sheriff station, but of course he's not going to. And, he, you know, she's like, the sheriff station is this way. We're going this way. And Elsa's like, what's that way? And he said, with any luck, danger. Ooh. Honestly, it made me think of Darkwing Duck. Like, let's get dangerous. Um, Darkwing Duck. Now you take me back, back to my childhood right there. Awesome. Disney Disney afternoon, there we go. DuckTales, Tailspin, Gummy Bears. I'm all about it, girl. All right, so then um, Charming and Elsa, oh, my God, I keep keep confusing them because they're essentially the same character. So Charming and Emma, the other blonde, look in the woods for a – oh, that's so horrible of me to say. I'm a blonde. So Charming and Princess Emma Swan, Lord Savior of all, um, are looking in the woods for a trail – to whoever froze Marion. And Emma finds Will Scarlet at Robin Hood's camp, and he, you know, he runs away, and he gets caught by Charming. And then he has a great line, two sheriffs? Bloody hell, that's not even fair, is it? Um, I'm so glad Michael Falka is finally on the show. I am so happy he's finally there. He was one of the best parts of Wonderland, so I'm so stoked that he's finally on the show. Yeah. He was a breakout character on that show. I, I wasn't expecting to like him as much as I did. I was expecting his character to really reach the depths in Wonderland that it did. I mean, this is spoilers, by the way, for Wonderland, for folks who haven't watched it. You probably should have. Um, but just his whole journey that he goes through on that show, which I'm really interested to see how he fits in Storybook, how that works out with what he even... Long story short, they better not mess up his happy ending. I'm just... I am so, so... I feel very strongly about that. Yeah, I have a theory. <laughs> you have a theory? I, have a theory. I do. Because his line of dialogue, did you hear what he said when they first caught him? He said, once a thief, always a thief, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm wondering if he, like, oh, so, okay, so spoiler alert for anybody if you have not seen Wonderland yet. Spoiler alert. You have, like, two seconds, because I'm about to say it at the end of the sentence. So at the end of Wonderland, it is revealed that Will and his woman, Anastasia, have become the White King and the White Queen of Wonderland. Okay? So what I'm wondering is, did Will was, like, could Will just not hack it? Did he not handle it as king, and did he just leave? (gasps) No! No! Don't speak of such things. No. I have a theory on why he's there, but it's not that. (laughs) I refuse to believe that Anastasia and Will are anything but super happy and having babies and being the white queen and king. What do you think, Amy? I think one of two things. I think Will is either there to find Cinderella so that, you know, her and Anastasia can have a family moment. But I'm really, I'm not leaning towards that. I'm leaning towards the fact that, another spoiler alert if you didn't watch Wonderland, Will's little sister supposedly died when she was little and fell through a frozen lake. A frozen lake? So I'm kind of thinking he has a magic compass, the way you just have a magic compass when you live in Wonderland, apparently, because they're all the rage. 
and somehow he found out his sister's alive, and she's in Storybrooke, and I think Penelope is actually the Snow Queen. Or that could just be wishful thinking, because I so desperately am trying to hold on to Wonderland. (laughs) But you never know. That's pretty interesting. Um, I just want to point out, Angela, and she brings up, Angela in the chat room brings up a good point. Um, at the very, very, very end of Wonderland, when uh, Alice is reading of the White Queen and King to her daughter, who is, you know, she looks like, what, three or four or five, um, that they did jump several years forward to that point where they became rulers. So perhaps mm. because the timelines are a bit skewed, whatever's going on here in Storybook isn't all the way at the end. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, okay, so you're saying that what's happening in Storybrooke now took place in between when Wonderland, like, the end of that story between, and when they were, like, reading the book. Yeah, between oh. the wedding and the very, very last scene that we see where they're reading of the tales of the White Queen and the White King, yeah. That's possible, and I like it. I like it a lot. I want I, I that is the best case scenario in my mind, because it doesn't, it doesn't mess with anybody's happy endings. But I, you know, just... I'm just so in- I, I, I need to know why he's here and how he got there and what his bag is. Yeah. Yeah, I need I need to know why Anastasia isn't with him. That's what I need to know. Um, yeah. And her yeah, fabulous we need, we need to know that. Yes. So, anyways, he tells them that the ice cream parlor was frozen and that there was no power yet everything was still frozen. So, uh oh. Meanwhile, back in the mayor's office, Regina tells Robin Hood that the ice is moving towards Marion's heart and that she can do something if he absolutely trusts her 100%, and he says that he does. So she says that she's going to send Henry to her vault to pick something up for her, and he asks her what she's going to do, and she says that she's going to do something drastic. Okay. Um, I hope that she gave Henry very explicit instructions not to touch anything when he was in there because that kid, I mean... The last time that he went in that vault to go get something, the last time he went in that vault to go get something and he wasn't, like, possessed by Pan, the dude almost got bitten by some Agrabah vipers. So I hope uh, that he was paying yeah. attention this time. Cause, One know, would hope. Yeah. One would hope, indeed. So meanwhile, Hook and... Oh, no, it's not important. Never mind. I was just going to say, do you think so, that Regina wrote him explicit instructions that was like, turn left at my dead mother's wardrobe, and then you will find what you need to, to get? <laughs> Take three steps forward. <laughs> turn yeah. left at the cobweb. That yeah. awful blue dress is still there. You need to ignore that and make a right. And Exactly. She's a bit of a pack yeah, walk, walk, walk. <laughs> if you past. run into anyone. Don't give your Walk heart away. Walk past the bottles of warm wood. Ignore the dragon fangs. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Meanwhile, so Hook and Elsa, they're walking through the woods, right? And they are discussing... Oh, good Lord. Okay, no, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Um, Hook and Elsa, they arrive at um, Gold's shop. And Hook tells Gold that he knows that Bell's dagger is fake. And that in exchange for keeping quiet about that, he needs their help. So they're like, okay, cool. So Elsa gives him Marion's frozen hair, or as Amy said, part of Marion's weave. And um, 
he says that it's magic like Elsa's, but that it's different and that all magic can automatically return back to its source, right? Because it's just like snowflakes and every person's magic is unique. That kind of would have been nice for you to tell them that back in season two when they were trying to figure out what happened to Archie and it was Cora, but I digress. Um, (laughs) So meanwhile, after the fireside chat that went totally wrong, um, Snow yeah. is trying to put the stroller in the car without putting down baby Neil. And that's when Archie shows up. And this scene got pretty heavy because he says that with everything that she has going on, it's a lot for someone to handle, even Snow White. And she says she's got it. You know, she's cool. She wants to because babies grow so fast and she doesn't want to miss a second. And Archie says that that's because she missed it all with Emma. And he says that it's good for her not to be joined at the hip of the baby and that if she can just let it go just a little bit, then everything will be fine. The baby will be fine, and so will will she. Remember this, because I'm going to bring it up at the end of the podcast because it deals with my theory on who I think the Snow Queen is and why. Okay, so let's, let's just, let's not forget this moment, okay? So meanwhile, Will takes Emma and Charming to any given Sunday where they find that it's been frozen with no cooling system. And Will tells them to go in the back and look and see how frozen it is. So they do that. And then, of course, Will takes off because why wouldn't he? Why didn't Charming keep an eye on him? And, you know, must have been in the, it must have been in the script or something. So then Emma doubts herself, and Charming tells her not to. And then that's when they realize that Will has left, and he took the money out of the cash register too, and they take off. And Charming is, you know, tells her not to doubt herself and that they'll figure out what's going on. And then there are some snowflakes in the office. I mean, there are snowflakes in it. I mean, come on. Pretty obvious at that point what's going on. So Hook and, Hook and Elsa are following the snowflakes, and they're talking about Emma. And Elsa says that it's really hard to trust and let people in when the weight of the world is on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, back in back – in, actually, we're, I'm just – okay, so back in Arendelle, they're in the cave, right? And they find the urn, and Elsa wants to decrypt it, but then Hans showed up. And Elsa creates her defensive icicles, and Kristoff battles Hans's brothers, and he wins, but then Hans got the best of, you know, and he demands the urn. And, and Elsa agrees to give up the urn in exchange for Kristoff. Okay. We'll get to what happened next in just a second here. So Hook and, Elsa, Hook and Elsa find the Snow Queen in the forest, and she's in front of a mini ice castle, which, by the way, I think that's where Anna is. I think that Snow Queen has Anna in her little ice palace like a doll. Her Barbie ice doll dream castle? <laughs> yep. Barbie dream palace. Oh, my God, I totally missed the pun that we could have been making the entire time. Hook and Elsa were on an ice capade, if you will. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, that's the first one, yes. And I, was, I love yeah, a good uh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I went there. That would hurt. So then Hook pulls out his phone, and Elsa is like, what is that? And he's like, a device for talking. I don't bloody know. I push the Emma button, and she answers usually. Um, that was hilarious. That was yes. Hilarious. Hook, like ancient pirate Hook, dealing with modern-day technology like a cell phone. Cracks me up. Um, so then, of course, he gets her voicemail, and, you know, if, I mean, if if Emma was smart, she would have explained to him, like, 90% of the population, she probably responds to text more than an actual voicemail, so he shouldn't have left her a message, he should have just sent her a text. So then he yeah. says, why should I carry around this ridiculous thing if you're never there when I use it? And he tells her that she needs to get to the woods. Okay. So then they go to leave, but the Snow Queen freezes Hook's foot, and she 
reveals that she knew Elsa and Anna and that the rock trolls took their memories of her. And she says that some memories are too painful. Remember that part, folks, that memories are too painful. Do not forget that because it's going to come up at the end, too, with my theory. She says that everyone turns on people like her and Elsa, friends, family. They all turn on them in the end. And her plan is to kill Hook and frame Elsa so that Elsa will see that they're all against her. Okay. Meanwhile, back in Arendelle, Hans opens the urn, and he's expecting Elsa to get trapped inside, but instead this metallic white liquid pours out, and it forms into the Snow Queen, and she immediately freezes Hans, and honestly, I don't feel bad for the guy. Not at all. Yeah. Well, sorry. Like good, like, good job, Snow Queen. You froze the jerk. I, I like you. Good job. That's one thing that you did that I actually like. And she makes ice cream. And she and Julia, I just can't dislike the woman. Yeah, it's it's hard to dislike her. It really is. <laughs> so, um, so meanwhile, um, after that happens, you know, she says, you know, she tells Elsa that nobody should be frozen, you know, stuck in the urn. Okay. Um, back in the forest, Emma shows up, and this is my <laughs> other favorite line of the episode. She's like, "Hey, Dairy Queen," cracked up. Up. Love it. The official Dairy Queen Twitter must have been so confused on Sunday. Oh, you know they were. <laughs> no, hey, Dairy like, Queen what? was trending, and they were like, this, whoever's in charge of their social media was like, what did we do? What's did we going on? A new dessert today? <laughs> <laughs> Is there some kind of new blizzard that we forgot to promote? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Awesome. I wonder if they'll make that a slogan from now on. So, and this is where it gets interesting. This is the part where it gets really interesting. Ooh, yes. The Snow Queen, when Emma shows up, the Snow Queen shows some real emotion, and her voice kind of breaks, and she's like, Emma, and it almost looks like she's going to burst into tears at that point. I don't know if anybody else got that feeling, but I did. I thought she was about to start uh-huh. crying. Oh, yeah. And Emma and Emma asks her if they know each other, and this, you know, Snow Queen denies it. She says, no, of course not. And then she says, do you really think that your magic is, is a, you know, can go up against mine or whatever it was that she said. And Emma said, well, there's only one way to find out. And she blasts her back with magic. And then Snow Queen <laughs> tries to use her magic to make the icicles fall down on Hook and kill them. But Emma uses her magic to toss them out of the way and everything is all good. Can I just say, thank you, Adam and Eddie, Jane Espenson, Finally. Andrew Chamblin, yeah. um, all of the writers on Once Upon a Time, thank you for giving us an example of Emma using her magic instinctively without a second thought. Like, the girl is finally embracing who she is. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I have been wanting scenes like this, and she sent Cora blasting back in season two. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I even tweeted that. I was like, yes, thank you, writers, finally. Because she didn't stop for a minute, though. Like, she just blasted her. It was awesome. Well, I agree. That's yeah. what I like to see. I don't like it when she thinks too much about her magic. magic. She tries to force it. I like when it's just like, Obviously, has that emotional tie, and she's just like, "Boom! I must do this thing. Bam! You're gonna get knocked on your butt. Pazow! <laughs> yeah, pazow! Uh. Yeah, like she I basically is saying hi. In case she's like, "Hi!" In case you didn't know, my name is Emma Badass Swan, and here's a taste of it. So, yeah, yeah, love it. Um, back in Arendelle, Elsa and the Snow Queen arrive in the castle, and they're talking about bringing snowmen to life and building ice palaces. Oh, Olaf, I love you. Um, so then the Snow Queen sees paint, the painting of Elsa's parents, and she reveals that she's Elsa's aunt. 
And the Snow Queen Stop promises to it. help find Anna. The Snow Queen promises to help find Anna, and she says that's what family is for. Remember that part too, folks. It's important. Now, I just want to ask the two of you: Do we believe that the Snow Queen is the aunt, or do we think she's lying? She's full of poop. <laughs> I think she's full okay. of poop. <laughs> okay, nice. so Amy thinks All she's right. lying. Ashley, Ashley, what do you think? Do you think she's telling the truth, oh. or is she lying? I. Oh. That's the thing is, like, I, I'm i inclined to believe that she's lying because, I mean, what was it, back in, back in the uh, Storybook Forest when they were having their confrontation, and Elsa's like, you're the one who hurt that woman, meaning Marion, and Snow Queen was like, no, and then Elsa's like, no, you're <laughs> lying, and Snow Queen was Get like, out of here. yeah, <laughs> she, she is a liar, so I just, I don't know if she is She's being a truther here. I just ooh, I, I but I am leaning towards the fact she's she she's manipulative, man. She's 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 playing that long game like our villains do so well. So I just I couldn't say a hundred percent, but I'm inclined to agree that she is full of poop. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering if she's telling the truth about that, and then she lies about other things. Like if she tells the truth at points, and then she lies at other points, so that you never really know. Because we cannot forget that the that the whole season started with Elsa and Anna's parents on the ship, and Elsa's mom put that message in the bottle and then threw it overboard before you know the ship sank. So mm-hmm. you know, uh, and and I real and I feel like it, I feel like she really could be the aunt in the situation because she would be like the Elsa to you know Queen Arendelle's Anna, so to speak. Only uh-huh. she would be the opposite of it. Instead of that, you know, the two of them coming together the way that you know Elsa and Anna did, they went the opposite direction. And she isolated herself, and Queen Arendelle wasn't able to reach her the way that Anna was able to reach Elsa emotionally. And so, you know, it's kind of like they're basically mirror images because the show is heavy on mirrors and parallels between their characters. So I'm wondering uh-huh. if you know she is actually the aunt, and you know that their relationship is mirroring what's going on with Anna and Elsa. Kind of the way that Emma and Regina mirror each other a little bit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That, um, that, that is the part that's giving me that's making me have reservations and think, well, it could be she. So I I need to see more. It's just basically the then bottom line for me is I need more because I can't. Yeah. I'm flip flopping now too. Yeah. So then here's where it gets more interesting. Okay. Uh, back in the forest, Emma realizes that the Snow Queen knew her before. And she says that there was something familiar about the way that the Snow Queen said her name. Okay. Remember this? Remember that too, folks. Because then Emma asks Elsa how she's doing, and Elsa says that the Snow Queen was lying about the past, and she can't really remember that much. And Emma says, I, and then, you know, yeah, she was lying about the past. And then Emma says, I've learned the, that the past has a way of revealing itself. Give it time. Ah. (laughs) So then then Emma tells Elsa that the Snow Queen was already in town when she brought Elsa to Storybrooke and that she thinks that it's something else that has brought the Snow Queen to town. She's got to figure out what it is. Meanwhile, we see Henry arrive in the mayor's office and he's got one of her heart boxes and Regina takes her hand and just 
crunches her way into Marion's body, and honestly, that scene made me go, ouch, like, for Marion's behalf. Yeah. Wow, like, that's, good Lord, like, that was pretty rough. And this, of course, happens after, yeah, this happens after Robin says that true love's kiss didn't work because he loves someone else. Okay, if that's the case, dude, can I recommend, Robin, if that's the reason why true love's kiss didn't work, then may I recommend that you go grab your son and have your son kiss his mother so that she'll, like, not be frozen anymore? Because, yeah, just saying. So then Emma, you know, back at Granny's, Emma is leaving, she's leaving Granny's and Hook is out there. And he's like, you know, have a drink with me, basically. Like, have a drink with a man. And she's like, I don't feel like having a drink or a man. And Emma tells oh. Hook that she, Emma tells Hook that she's afraid of getting close because everybody that she's been with is dead. And she says, I I lost everyone. I can't lose you too. And then he says, you don't have to worry about me. I'm good at surviving. And then they kiss. And that honestly, that at that point was when I was like, okay, yeah, Captain Swan, I get it, do it, put them together, right. I get it, do it. Yeah, I love that scene a lot. It was a great scene. I love how, like, we uh, we all talk amongst ourselves about, like, you know, Emma's had all these relationships in the past, and they haven't really worked out well. And obviously, it just, I love the fact that the show went there and was just, like, and acknowledged that Emma has lost so much. Like, we're not forgetting Graham. We're not forgetting Neil. We're not forgetting Walsh, but, you know, he was a monkey, so whatever. But... (laughs) But we're not forgetting these things that Emma has gone through and how they have changed her throughout the season. So I do appreciate yeah. that being addressed and brought up uh, mm-hmm. in this episode. Agreed. We've only got about 10 minutes left, so i got to get through the rest of the episode quickly, and then we'll get to my theory about what's going on with the smoking. So... After this, we see the Snow Queen is walking in the woods, and suddenly Rumpel shows up. And he says, sorry things didn't work out the way you wanted. And she says, they will. And then he asks, and then he, and the way that he said this line is very significant. He said, so did uh, Miss Swan remember you? And the answer is no. And he says, good for you, because it could happen. And you wouldn't want that, now would you? And she just looks at him, and he says, are you sure you don't want my help? And she says, when I'm ready to make a deal, I'll come to you. And he says, a moment I eagerly await. You should probably find some shelter. It's getting a bit frosty out here. And then he walks away, and the episode ends on the Snow Queen having a reaction. Okay. Here's my theory, everybody. And there, I've already put this on the Internet. I know that there are many people who feel the same way, but I'm just going to say it. I do. I think – I think that the yes, Ashley being one of them. I think that the Snow Queen is Emma's first adoptive mother, Miss Swan. That's what I think, and here are my reasons why I think so. And there are things that happened in this episode that made me think so. Okay, but okay, so let's let's start with this now. So first of all, pardon me while I get my list ready here, because I I have a list. I can hear you unfurling the it. scroll like just rumble style. First of all, first of all. Okay, the counseling scene between Archie and Snow, advising Snow to let it go when it comes to letting Neil go a little bit, okay? It plays into the story of Snow and Prince Charming feeling bad about letting Emma go, and it also plays into Snow expressing regret over the fact that they missed Emma's first smile, her first word, 
and all of that stuff, right? Okay. When Emma first arrived in Storybrooke, she was the birth mother confronting the adoptive mother of her child. The Snow Queen has arrived, and I think that she is the foster mother about to confront the birth mother of her child. And this is where these two things come into play. Snow White missed Emma's first smile, her first word, her first everything. But the Snow Queen didn't. Because Emma said in the pilot of this show, the very first episode, that she was with the family until she was three years old, and then the family had their own child, and she was sent back into the foster system. Which means that whoever was her first adoptive parent saw her first smile, her first word, and everything else. Okay? Uh Also, she knows Emma from Emma's past, but Emma has forgotten it, which means that she interacted with her outside of Storybrooke, and Emma said that there was something familiar about the way that she said her name because she was her first adoptive mother. Emma said something else must have brought the Snow Queen to town. It's Emma. She is seeking Emma because she regrets the fact that she gave her up. And the fact that she got emotional when she first saw Emma and was ready to cry and had an emotional reaction plays into that. Also, Adam and Eddie said that we would learn more about Emma's past in this season, and we, they have confirmed that that's going to be in episode five of this season. Oh, so soon. The Snow Queen, the, Snow Queen, the fact that she knows Emma from, from the past means that she will no doubt be included in this storyline. She's going to have a part to play in that. Okay? Uh-huh. Also, in the season premiere of season four, Regina went back to calling Emma Swan instead of calling her Emma. This is a noticeable change. It reinforces Emma's foster name and not her true name at the same point in the story when Emma is learning how to be a daughter to her birth parents, thereby necessitating her letting go of her foster name. So she's she's having to let go of her foster identity and the person that she was in order to be her, you know, her parent's child. Well, of course, that's the perfect time for her foster mother to return to town, yes? Mm-hmm. Also, also, when Emma was given up by her foster family when she was three years old and sent back, Emma was essentially rejected in favor of a second child. This parallels whatever feelings may surface in her from her parents having a second child and baby Neil getting everything that she never had. Ooh, I like that. Also, also, here's what, and so here's what I, here's why I think that she's here, because here's the main question. Why did the Snow Queen freeze Marion of all people? Right? There is something particular. She could have frozen anybody, and granted, it plays into the love triangle thing, but the question is, why did she freeze Marion? Here's why I think so. I think that the Snow Queen knew exactly who Emma was. She knew that Emma was the savior. She knew that Emma was supposed to bring everybody her own happy ending. I think that the Snow Queen chose to freeze Marion in order to give Regina her happy ending as part of some twisted view on what the savior is supposed to do, and she is trying to help Emma accomplish her job because she loves Emma because she was her foster kid and she wants to help her out. Oh, wow. I didn't even think of it. That's not what I was thinking, but I really like that take on it. I thought the Snow Queen was just had a thing against happy families because she 
um, was obviously she had to give MMA up and she had issues with her own. But I like that take on it because it's it's it brings like such a weird edge to her her good intentions. That's true. Now, do you think she had magic when she was Emma's adopted foster mother, if that's who she is? Yes, and I think that that's where the whole memory erasure comes into play. Because if you recall, she told Elsa that the rock trolls took her memories because some memories are too painful. I think that Emma, like, here's what I think happened. In kind of a parallel of the Frozen storyline when Elsa... And Elsa almost basically froze, you know, Anna's heart. I think that Emma saw the Snow Queen doing ice magic and that it freaked her out, and that's why they gave her up. And they erased her memory of it in order to spare Emma the pain of it. Huh. Okay. Mm. Also, oh, there's more. I have more. Okay, I have, I have more. <laughs> so, uh, You're writing this up oh, on yeah. the site, right? Okay. We have one that I want to read it. Yeah, I'm, yeah. So I'm totally going to be writing this up. So just so bear with me there. So I think I think that that's what's going on. And when and I also think that the the child that they had that they you know the second child that they had and then they gave Emma up. Uh-huh. Um, I also am wondering if maybe Emma did magic that maybe would have hurt the baby. And so they had to give Emma up because they were afraid for their own child. But either way, I think that child died. That's what I think happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, be a huge twist if Emma did something that ki- that may have hurt or led to the little baby's death in some way. Wow, gonna, that would be deep. It's going to be a huge twist on that. And also the fact that she already knows Rumple from the past. Okay, what mm-hmm. if what? the Snow Queen took Emma to Storybrooke as a baby and Rumpel was the one who erased her memories. Uh, I don't know about that, that one because I want to say that Adam and Eddie said that Rumpel didn't come to himself until he heard Emma's name unless the Snow Queen said Emma's name to Rumpel in the past when she was brought as a baby. Hmm. Something there. I don't know. Um, that one I'm a little bit more kind of iffy about, but overall... What if she... What if she saw her in town when she first arrived and, like, while she was in the Sunday shop and she was like, oh, crud, and and went to the dark one and then had something, I don't know. Like, you've obviously fleshed this out more than I have, but, like, I am really intrigued to see, to just mull this over. Well, there's another thing, too, okay? And this is my last point. In Arendelle the past, the Snow Queen promised to help find Anna. That's what family is for. Do the words, I will always find you, mean anything to anybody else in that mm-hmm. regard? Hey, Zach, did we get cut off? Um, I don't know. It says that we're still recording, so I don't know if anybody can hear us or okay, not. Okay, just making sure. Still, just just, just, it's just making sure because that was a really good point. Yeah. Well, either way, it's still recording it, so even if it already cut off, People can still hear this later on. But people are logging out of the room now, so I think that maybe that happened. But, um, yeah, that, that's that's what I think is going on, that, and that's why I think it's going on. And, yes, I'm totally going to write all this up. Good, yay. I will I definitely be retweeting links to this. I I am very much on, on the same wavelength with you there. Um, with, the, with, with the theory, I remember I texted you on Sunday. I was like, ah! 
you're like, no, girl, I already got this down. I got seven theories already written. She, geez. Um, but, um, <laughs> good space. That's it. But, um, I really, I hope that's where they're going with this. So, yeah, that's, that's what I think is happening. That's what I think the snow queen is. Um, it all plays into each other. I mean, all of this plays into everything else that's going on. Yes, Rose is saying in the chat room that they can't hear us anymore, so it got cut off. So we'll probably have we to wrap it up so here. In, yeah, we got so into it, we just kept going. More time, but I thought, I thought I'd be able to talk through it in 10 minutes, and I was wrong. So, yeah. But anyway, okay. that's what I think. Okay. So let's wrap it up here. And we'll just have to maybe do a little short version or whatever, but I'll make sure that we put the link out to everything going on, you know, for the article. But, yeah, I'm right. I'm already started writing this up. It's already in draft form. So it'll be online soon. Awesome. Awesome. All right, ladies. Well, we went over our time. Well, lesson learned, I guess. We went over on time. So, okay, yeah. Um, But, yeah, that's what I think is going on. So let's end the episode here. And then, yeah, we'll just, yeah, we'll figure it out. I'm sure there'll be much more theorizing next week, considering, so. Well, for no sure. Doubt. Oh, yeah, and I'm seeing next week's recap, too, so I'm stoked about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, ladies, thank you very much for coming. I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Bye, ladies. Good night. Good night.